The Altar Life. Two hours of the best Christian music. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. Maybe that'll learn you to keep your big mouth shut. Good evening and welcome to The Altar Life. I'm Jeff. And I'm Brent. And we're here for part five of our Colossians series. We're getting to the halfway point, and we're so glad you've tuned in for what I think is going to be a great episode. In chapter two of Colossians, tonight's episode is the fundamentals of Christ. Yeah, that's right. We're not shying away from the term fundamental. There's nothing wrong with it. That's how you learn, is you start with the fundamentals. The basic building blocks, Jeff. That is for show. I'm sure we have a lot of great music in store. Yes, we Although do. I can't currently see the playlist in front of me, but I know that we <laughs> always pick great stuff. So you want to stick it right here for some great music. Yeah, we got, for Brent's sake, Run Kid Run, Dismas, Need to Breathe, Down South Disciples making another appearance. Shout out to the Down South Disciples. Sweet. And, uh, and thanks for listening, by Some the way, new guys. music, too. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for supporting the altar life. Thank Spread you. the word down south and up north and east and west. Shout to the north, <laughs> as Disciple would say. Or, um, Delirious would say. Yeah. That's right. We got down south disciples on the brain. That's right. Insane in the membrane. <laughs> anyway, tonight's episode, we're in Colossians 2, so you can grab your Bibles. We're going to be talking about how we should not be swayed by empty words and people who try to persuade us of their invalid philosophies and opinions and try to Try to take us away from the truth of God's word and the, the the bedrock of what our belief and our faith is based in, which is Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, it's it's really cool. So far in Colossians, I've just been really blessed. And hopefully anyone who's tuned in has been as well. You can check out our website, www.thealterlife.com, to catch up on what you may have missed. And you can also like us on Facebook, stay up to date with us and new updates and all that kind of stuff. It'll be Really good for you to do that, I think. I think so too, Jeff. I like seeing friends. Mm, I like thumbs <laughs> up and approval. As Jeff said, we're in Colossians this evening in Colossians chapter 2. And it starts off by saying, For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And, you know, Paul showing concern right here for the people. And, um, you know, he's under great conflict for, you know, he wants to see them face to face. You know, he wants to be with them and to encourage them. He wants their hearts to be encouraged. And, um, you know, Whenever I read the love that Paul has for people and the people he's writing to and stuff, and I'm always challenged and cut to the heart um, because I'm very self-centered. <laughs> what I want for me is that, um, you know, if I was Paul, I'd be worried about, you know, a lot of other things besides, you know, other people. You know, there's a lot of things he could be worried about in and of himself. But he had such a kingdom mindset that he was always thinking about the betterment of someone else. And tonight, you know, we're going to be talking about how he's warning them about people that can come in with persuasive words and stray them from what they believe and um, it's important that tonight we think about you know are we we have a responsibility even though you're not a pastor you may not be in leadership 
formal leadership roles within a church, we have a responsibility to make sure that those around us, you know, aren't confused and that we're able to speak truth, you know, in a world that there's so much confusion going on and make sure that people's hearts are encouraged. We have a mindset that we want to encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ and in the truth and not just give them words of that make them feel good, you know, because there's a lot of that going on and a lot of that isn't necessarily truth. Um, could just be the nice thing to say we want to be mindful of that verse five no verse four now this i say lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words he's just gone through talking about how he longed you know even though that they hadn't seen him in the flesh he wants their hearts to be encouraged that they would have the full assurance of understanding of the knowledge of the mystery of god both the father and of christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge he wanted them to know even though he wasn't there to tell them, he wanted them to understand and have a, a, a you know a basis for their faith. Because as he continues, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words, and it's important because if we don't have that foundation, that you know, just like you would practice or do anything in the sport sports world, you practice the fundamentals, and that's what our episode is tonight. Because you want to be able, you want it to be second nature eventually you know the more the repetition all that stuff paul wants these you know colossians to have the word of truth so ingrained in their minds that when someone comes along with some doctrine or something that's deceitful they can just sniff it out because he says you know in verse five for though i am absent in the flesh yet i am with you in spirit rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in christ paul's like i'm not going to be there to watch over you you're like my spiritual children but i can't be there to protect you from the the wolves that are going to come in and try to deceive you or add and you know paul dealt a lot with the judaizers and those people that would come in and try to you know make up all these rules for people to follow even though they were free in christ which is what we'll get into at the end of chapter two and talk about next week but um you know he had a lot of people that were trying to undo what he had done by the power of god and he's warning these colossians to hold fast to the truth and the knowledge of christ that they had learned because of that and persuasive words too they're not words that it's obvious oh it's obvious that that's not the truth yeah you know where people could sniff it real real easily because it's so preposterous what they're saying preposterous. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great word i love that word <laughs> um so it wasn't at, a, at you know ridiculous what these people were saying they were persuasive enough that people could have been confused they're persuasive enough that you could start believing them if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And um, Paul's, and how are we going to know when we hear a lot of things in this world, there's so much stuff that at face value you may look, think about it and go, you know, that doesn't sound that, that wrong. I mean, it's probably pretty right. Yeah. But as you hold those things up against the Word of God, are they? And that's our challenge tonight as we continue. And um, we were talking about persuasiveness here. You know, up some people are just great. They're, they're what do they call them? Like oil salesmen or whatever. Like the oil you, salesmen. you think of like the traveling uh, merchants yeah. or like you know like the they're just selling like their potions and stuff like back in the good old days. What are they? Not witch doctors, but they called them something like that. You know, um, they just went from place and they're like had this like hair. You know, <laughs> for people who are losing their hair, they'd take this like oh yeah this balm and like all this stuff. Snake oil salesman. There we go. Uh, I thought of the term. Everybody's like, what? That made less sense than what he said before. Yeah. I've never, uh, heard, of, I've never heard of that before. But, but okay. uh, Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he says, you know, um, 
For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Fundamental. Dare we say. I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And that's the danger we can run into a lot of times is we can be like, man, that guy's really smart. He's really a good orator. You know, I want to believe that guy because he's like such a good smooth talker. But Paul's like, you know, I determined, I actually made myself sound not as persuasive as I probably could because I wanted the truth of Jesus Christ and him crucified to come and the power of God to be what you remembered. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about persuasive words and we've been talking about, I love that verse that Jeff read talking about, I didn't come to you with persuasive words and human wisdom, but I came in the power of God. And I, you know, you think about what, how did Paul come? Like when he showed up (laughs) to your town and he started talking, you know, it wasn't, he wasn't that he was just a good arguer and he had, he got all his three point thing and you just had to believe because he just all made sense. You almost got the vibe there from Paul. Like you came and you just knew that Jesus was the Holy Spirit was powering what he was saying. Like there was a weight to it that was spiritual. That wasn't about the intellect, but it was about the heart. Right. Mm. And, um, you know, I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago, actually, I was talking to my wife about it. And we were saying, you know, how many Christians do we know that? And I wonder how many Christians are out there. And this is a challenge for all of us tonight that really live our lives and make decisions in our life based on what we believe God's asking us to do versus what just makes sense in the worldly sense. You know, we get up, we do certain things, we make certain decisions in our life because, you know, that's what it makes sense. Logically, that's what, you know, worldly sense, that's what makes worldly sense, right? But what if God was calling you to do something that wasn't worldly made common sense, right? Like it was like, you know, why don't you get up and, you know, I talk about Abraham. Why don't you get up and move and to somewhere I'll show you at some point? It's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I have to go somewhere, right? There's some destination of where I need to go, right? But no, I want you to just get up and pack up all your stuff and just start walking and I'll let you know. It's like, what? That doesn't make any sense, you know? And I wonder how many Christians are held back by all the fullness of what God wants to give them and the blessings that he has for them and maybe even in the wrong place right now because their logical common sense has kept them from acting in faith. And when you look at this verse, he says, I'm looking forward and rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Not that you've logically figured out your next move, but that you've believed in Christ and you've taken him at his word and you haven't been swayed by the common sense of the world. Yeah, because in... You know, First Corinthians, right before this passage that I just read, he says, "The wisdom of the world is foolishness to God." Right. You know what I mean? Because the world will tell you that you're foolish for believing in Jesus and that He died on the cross for you. But we know better. Yeah. He, God knows all our thoughts are not His thoughts. The altar life, music, truth, real. Period. All right, that was worth fighting for by Dismas. And we'll move on a little bit here. Verse six, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. All those great words there, those verbs being rooted, built up, established, because what's going to happen is there are going to be things that come through. 
and it's going to seem to make a lot of sense. It's going to be mixed with the truth. It may be, you know, they find a a foundation, a common ground with you, you know, these teachers or whoever, you know, that there's always a wave through the church of like this new philosophy or this new way of thinking. Um, it's going to sound like, yeah, it starts out right where I feel is true. And then it just starts to divert ever so slightly from the center point, you know, and that's why we need to be rooted and built up and established in our faith, abounding in it with thanksgiving. And I love it. He says like, you've received Christ and walk in him as you've received him. You know, it's not like, okay, now that you've received Christ, here's these other five things that you need to learn too. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's always like Christ and, but he's saying, no, you've received is the simplicity of how you received Christ. You just walk, man. Don't let anybody tell you that there's these five other things that you need to do, or you need to give this much, or you need to change this about yourself. It comes down to you walking and abiding with Christ and he works out anything that needs to be changed in your life. You know, it's not, hey, you need to stop wearing those clothes and you need to stop doing this and that. You know, God's going to work those things out. And the faith that you have in him will also sniff out all the counterfeit. You know, the more you get close to the true thing and you learn and study God's word, the more you'll be able to smell a rat (laughs) coming a mile away in in his like (laughs) sport coat and his, you know, slicked back hair. (laughs) That's where you get like this terrible picture of the car sales. And it's like. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going door to door to make you this incredible offer. It's like, sure you are. Uh huh. Whatever. Yeah. I'd Do rather what? trust Christ than and believe in Him solely than trust one of those guys. For sure. Word. Word. All right, that was rock. What you got, people? Rock what you got. Super chick. What is it that you have? I don't know. That you can therefore rock it. Whatever I got, I'm gonna <laughs> rock it. But uh, you know. I love this. I love this passage in the sense that it reminds us about one. You know, verse six. Jeff read, "As you have therefore received Christ the Lord, so walk in Him." You know, we received Christ Jesus. You think about when you were saved and how you received Him for the first time. Um, you received Him in a sense of brokenness, in a sense of humility, um, realizing that you didn't pay for your sin; that you were a sinner. And that um, it's through the blood of Christ that he, and he's accomplished everything for you on your behalf. It was all about Christ. It was all about him. You know, it was all about his power in your life. It was believing that he did that for you and taking him at his word. And, you know, I'm challenged that we need to walk that way as well. It isn't when we started thinking about all these other things that we get confused. Well, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. You're unbelievable. The Altar Life. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, it's time for our unbelievable segment this evening. We are so glad you stuck around for hour two in part five of our Colossian series, The Fundamentals of Christ. You're going to wish you didn't. Yeah. Just kidding. (laughs) Since it's now our unbelievable segment, we'd like to talk to you about the fundamentals of a good unbelievable segment. What that, does it take? That way, as you're trying to think of unbelievables on your own, you can um, have some guidelines to follow. That's right. Like You don't want someone to persuade you away from what is truly unbelievable into something that may be completely believable. Or commonplace. Yeah. Commonplace. Exactly. exactly. You don't want that. <laughs> you don't want your unbelievable to become so mundane that it's no longer unbelievable. unbelievable. Beyond belief, as it were. <laughs> so A Petra song just popped out. <laughs> it's true, man. Petra yeah. just... It all comes back... Number one basic element of an unbelievable 
a Petra reference. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. (laughs) Usually try to tie it in with the episode at some point. Number three would be not having a clue what you're going to say right before you say it. It's it's usually a fundamental of unbelievable. Usually we come out of our hour break and say, so what do you want the unbelievable to be this week? Just push record, let's talk. See what happens. Unbelievable point number three is flying by the seat of your pants. Exactly. The fundamental number four for the fun. We put the fun in fundamental here on the altar life, and we put the mental there too. <laughs> and the duh, <laughs> it, it all worked. Um, we usually, at one point, it'll tend to get too spiritual and then has to jump back into the goofy fundamental or unbelievable segment. Like, we're like, wait, we forgot where we get so hammered into the straight up truth that it just takes over because the episode is just like rocking us. That happens a lot, I think. Another key um, fundamental of the unbelievable segment would be um, a lot of times we do them based on something that happens all the time that we just think is crazy that happens yeah. all the time. So regular life <laughs> actually yeah. sometimes is a key fundamental to unbelievable. Yeah, we can't pick, observing. We got to make sure that when we're picking an unbelievable segment, it's relatable. Right. Something relatable. that it's not like. Yeah, so this one time when I was like in my hot air balloon, it was, you know, it's got to be something that the the average Joe or Jane yes. could right. be like, yes, I know exactly what they're talking about. Like when we talk about micro machine commercials. Yeah, everybody saw those. Come on. Like <laughs> everybody's eating a brownie. Yeah, I can relate to that. It's mm. drawing in. It's creating that fun, fundamental. Relat- right, relatable. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's got to be funny. You know, at some yeah. point you just have yeah. to... Well, we've had some not funny. Um, you have to at to least tr- attempt to be funny. Yeah. It has to be funny to us. An attempt to if be funny. If no one else likes it, that's their problem. Well, they're mental. They're, they're lost. And um, just so happens that the next verse here is rooted and built up in him and established that? in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. You know, as you receive Christ, walk in him, rooted and built up in him. And I love it because in him, in him, you know, it's Jesus Christ that we find our strength. It's Jesus Christ that is our precious cornerstone that everything is built on, right? And when we we think about the fundamentals of Christianity and the fundamentals, when we go back to the basics, right, Um, which so often is, is what we need, you know, there's times in our life when we get really confused or we're in a place where we're not sure which is right and which is wrong, or we got something flown at us and we're trying to sift out whether it's actually of the Lord or if it's kind of out in left field. And sometimes it's hard to tell, honestly, when we analyze it and we think about it, you know, but as we start praying and as we start seeking the Lord on it, as we read his word, you know, the Holy Spirit makes it very obvious to our hearts if we ask him for that wisdom to say, hey, you know what? This isn't of me. This is of me. And fundamentally, you go back to, is it the way Christ operates? Are we, is it built up around Jesus Christ or is it about men? Is it about building up men, in men, you know, yeah. in, in some sort of religious thing or some sort of activity um, or someone's pride's getting stroked as a result of it? Because those are those things, those self-seeking things, as James says, are demonic. You know, yeah. they're not of the Lord. So... Um, a good way to sift that out, you know, the word says here is to, is it, is it that it's rooted and built up in Christ or is your life rooted up and built up in the philosophies of men? Yeah. And you know, that's where he goes to his next point. He says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men. 
Right. You know, that's when someone's like, I have this new process or, you know, not to step on anybody's toes, but like when the prayer of Jabez and like those kinds of books come out and it's like, oh, this is like the new thing that you need to do. You know, if you pray the prayer of Jabez, God will bless your life. It's like, okay, that's great. You can pray that. It's awesome. But what happens if God doesn't enlarge your borders and all that stuff? You know what I mean? You start to get into these, like, they start out like a, it's a cool thing, but then you start to, it really messes with people because if it's persuasive enough, it leads them astray and they get knocked over and then they're like, they lose their faith. You know what I mean? It's, it's the dangerous territory that you, you step into sometimes. The Altar Life. Music, truth, real, period. All right, that was Socially Acceptable, a 90s flashback. Nicely done by Brent, DC Talk. And uh, it fits perfectly with what we were just talking about, the philosophies of men, the traditions, the deceitfulness of men. You know, not just men, ladies. I know you're like, yeah, tell me about it, Jeff. You preach it. Men are deceitful. I'm just talking (laughs) mankind, you know? Put yourself in there too, ladies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, it's like so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, that was not fundamental at all. That was just mental. That's that when Jeff goes mental. That was Jeff letting some steam out with the <laughs> women folk. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear. Uh, sorry, that was good stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, socially acceptable. Anyway, DC Talk, good song. Raining it back in here. Getting back to the basics of this segment. Um, <laughs> anyway, oh, this is so good. The uh, just the, that whole idea of what that song is talking about, you know, like things that were no, no, you never even dreamed about that stuff happening in our society. It just happens, and it's, it's slow. It's a, it's an eroding away of absolute truth, and you know, having a standard of right and wrong. And you know, we we live in a in a culture that has no absolutes, has you know. Well, that's okay. Like, how can you, you know, judge me and, and, and apply your, your moral ethic on me? And then, you know, everybody just has, they're entrenched in their viewpoint. And it just makes everything really weird. Because there's no central truth. You know what I mean? It's, well, that's okay for you. That's okay for me. That's when you have all these people swaying back and forth and not having that fundamental truth to, to base their life and their faith on. And um, Paul is just really, I mean, he... He's dealing with these churches here that were in the middle of, you know, like Asia and Greece and everything was philosophy and, you know, Socrates and all this. And it just, you know, didn't amount to anything. It was just empty words, which is what he says. Socrates. Socrates Johnson. <laughs> Little Bill and Ted. That's what's up. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, Jeff, I, I just kind of thinking about how in in this culture there's so much confusion i just keep going back to that and how can you even have your bearing in a culture like this if you don't have the word of god blows my mind people try though thinking about the topic tonight and as we read this verse where it says you know beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of man according to the basic principles of the world and not according to christ for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. You know, when you think about that, you know, we always think about the false doctrine aspect of that, and we're always thinking, okay, you know, there's all those doctrines out there, and we can get confused, and but, and it might not just be a religious doctrine. You know, one might be caught up in the empty tradition of men trying to, you know, get ahead. You know, you may be at your job, and you're just trying to, like, 
you know, the worldly philosophy says, get the better job, get the more money job, get the higher power job. Um, you know, you may be single and very happy with that. And you may be getting slammed over the head by your parents or whoever saying, you got to go find somebody to get married to. You're not going to be happy until you're married. But you may be like, you know, I might be one of those guys who is fine single, you know, and that's cool because if God's called you that, that's awesome. Um, but there's so much philosophy around us and it could be just subtle things that become stumbling blocks for our lives that we think, man, I feel like God wants me to do this, but everyone in the world is telling me that I should do it this way. And you have this, you struggle with that. I mean, I've known people that felt like God was calling to do something that was a little bit out of the norm. It was kind of crazy. Like, why don't you go over to a foreign country and go to school? It's like, what? Like, that's, that's not what you do. You stay here. You, you know, you go to college, you get a job, you do what you're going to do. You know, um, you make money, you have a family, you do the normal American thing. Right. Yeah. But when God's calling us to stuff, you know, sometimes that stuff doesn't make quote cultural sense or worldly sense. Right. And, um, it might not be a false doctrine. It just might be the doctrines of men keeping you from what God has you to do. And the challenge tonight is, you know, what is God telling you to do tonight? And if he's asking you to do something, don't let the world's philosophy be a stumbling block to your direction. And um, just to continue on what I was saying in the last segment, you know, about philosophies, you know, unfortunately, I've known some, I've had some firsthand experience of, of some people, friends of mine, and also in my own life, um, just feeling like I haven't been able to move past certain things about my life because of previous expectations or expectations that other people put on my life um, through their persuasive words. And sometimes those words are persuasive because they're people that are close to you. You know, they're your parents, they're your, you know, close friends, they're your pastors, they're your people that are close to your life that think they know what God's will is for your life. And at some point, you're accountable to the Lord and you, you need to kind of sift out what the Lord is calling you to do. And, um, you know, you read this verse and he says, beware of this, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. I mean, you're getting cheated if you're not believing, you know, if you have to look at the verse before, because you need to be rooted and built up in Christ, understanding, you know, who Christ is and knowing that you're complete in him. And it's all about what Christ has you to do and what he's leading you in and having the faith it says established in faith, right? Having believing that Christ is, is going to do this in your life. But if you're following something that's cheapening that out, you're being cheated of all that God has for you. And, um, you know, don't let that happen, I guess, is the challenge from God's word tonight. And I, it's speaking to myself because there's, there's areas where I put my own philosophy. <laughs> my own philosophy gets in the way of what God has for me. And I'm cheating myself out of myself, you know, about things that God wants to do in my own life. Um, because I've bought into the lie of, of the American dream. I've bought into the lie of the, of what success should look like in my own mind. I've bought into the lie of those things that if Christ simply asked me to go follow him, would, is that going to keep me back from doing that? You know, and I wonder, you know, if we're honest with ourselves tonight, what that looks like. Um, in our in our own lives, and it's not just these, ma- the, you know. There's a lot of those false doctrine, prosperity gospels, and all that kind of stuff out there. But it could be so subtle as just an expectation you have for your life that maybe God doesn't have for your life. That you're cheating yourself out of something better because you're bought into the lie 
of what you think it should be. Mm. And um, I don't know, just something to think about tonight as we continue. All right, that was Build Us Back by the Newsboys, and we're wrapping things up tonight. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Why wouldn't you want to be rooted and grounded in him if in him is the fullness of God? Right there. Yeah. You have your relationship with God Almighty in Christ because Jesus Christ is the embodiment of God. You know, he's God in human flesh. It says, and you are complete in him. Because if you're in him, you are with God. You know, he says... You know, I will make my home, my father and I will make our home in you. But then you're in Christ too. It's like crazy to think like it's just this completeness, this oneness that happens. Who is the head of all principality and power? He's just above it all. We talked about that earlier on in our in our series with the supremacy of Christ. You know, how God, Jesus was just like supreme, you know, on top of everything. And that's the one who establishes the baseline truth. No one else can can tell you what truth is. Jesus Christ is the word of God in the flesh, and the word of God is truth. And if you let anyone else, you know, Christian or non-Christian, tell you what the you know what you're supposed to do because of the tradition. This is what we do. This is what we've always done, so we have to do it. Or because of some philosophy and it's not rooted and established in Christ and in his word, don't buy it. You stick to what you know and what you've learned from the beginning. So until next week, be cool cats. Live for Christ. Live for Christ.